We are very excited about today's show. And before we begin, we got Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. Jesse, tell us what you got for us. Hey, Stephen. So we have a brand new item in our shop, and I'm really excited about it. So, of course, we say the word nude shoes all the time, mm-hmm. which is a really ignorant thing to say because not everyone is the same shade of nude. So bad on us, but we're here making it right. So we've partnered with a new shoe manufacturer to get some vari- a new variety of shades. So we have your traditional, like a lighter Caucasian nude, and then we have a really beautiful color. It's called cinnamon, um, and it works for a lot of different darker skin tones because you don't always want to wear a tan shoe if you have a darker complexion because then it works against you. It disrupts the line of sight in your leg, cuts you off a little bit. So we have expanded our product offering to have some different color options for people that are not tan nude. Okay, so now that we've talked about the nude, tell us a little bit about the heel um, or like the the shoe overall, like what phases of competition those are good for, maybe what age categories, things like that. Sure. So the shoe specifically I want to highlight this week, it's called the classic ankle strap heel. Um, And that's exactly what it is. And it's so on trend right now to have one strap over your toe and one strap around the ankle like it's everywhere. And it's a wear everywhere shoe. It's perfect. So it's four and a half inch heel. So it's nice and tall, but nothing crazy. And there is a about an inch and a half to an inch platform in the front. So you do get that barrier to, from your foot to the floor as a little more cushion and it decreases the slope of the heel. So again, it's two straps. So you're not going to be worrying about your, your pinky toe hanging off the side. Um, it's going to feel really secure, steady, and it comes in those three great colors. Okay. Uh, phase of the competition that it'd be good for like evening gowns, probably one. Yeah, so um, if you have a gown without a slit, it's a great shoe option because you might want something a little more razzle-dazzle to go with your outfit for fun fashion or evening gown. But it works great for even interview. Every single appearance, because it's such a neutral, it can go with everything. Um, Orientation um, and anything else you do. So it's just like the perfect shoe to have in your closet. It's not super strappy. doesn't take a lot of um, volume on top of your foot, so it doesn't feel like you're closed in. Um, it's just a really versatile shoe. I'm really a fan. Cool. All right. Uh, what's the cost of it? And do you have any deals for us? Um, the cost is it's $99.99. So $99.99. Um, and I do have a deal for you. And for a shoe you're going to wear this much, it's totally worth it. Um, and the deal is 15% off. So the coupon code is PP15. Okay, and we'll leave that in the show notes too, as well as the direct link. And uh, if anything, you can still find it by going to shop.pageantplanet.com. Thanks, Jesse. Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome, everyone, to another episode. Today, Jesse and myself, we are going to be discussing how to follow your instincts like Sherry Hill. This is her story. So, Jesse, set the stage for us. Stephen, before I set the stage, we say a lot of really nice things on these bio podcasts, and I want our listeners to know none of these are sponsored. People don't come to us and ask to be featured. We are doing our best to find characters in the pageant industry that we find compelling and feature them. And like Sherry Hill was an an obvious choice, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she's like, has pretty much, I don't want to say revolutionized, but 
I mean, she is the leading figure when you talk in evening gown and just fashion in the pageant industry. It's like, oh my gosh, I am wearing Sherry Hill. Right. So while pageants all have different phases of competition, one of the most consistent and well-loved categories is evening gown or some call it formal wear. And it's meant to highlight a contestant's poise and elegance and choosing the right gown is crucial to nailing this part of the competition. And contestants can spend hundreds or thousands on the right dress that they hope wins them the title. And it has to wow on stage. It has to be from a designer who understands performance quality of a couture or a custom gown. And you just, like we said, you can't talk about pageant evening gowns without talking about Sherry Hill, one of the most notable designers in the game and not just in the pageant world, but prom industry and off the rack as well. Yeah, and for those who aren't familiar with her, Sherry Hill is an American fashion designer and businesswoman whose specialty is formal evening wear. And she's actually ranked first in Pageant Planet's um, like Best of Pageantry Awards um, for the division's like top 10 pageant designers of 2018. I mean, and that was like pretty much hands down unanimous. I mean, I don't even, there was like, you know, second place was like a mile back there or something. But um, Sherry, she once said that it is a real art form to marry an individual contestant's personality and sense of style into one defining dress. Right. And one in particular that I can think of was Olivia Jordan's hot pink ball gown that she wore for Miss USA. Do you remember it? Yeah. And it was a big corseted top and then the, what looked like, like the breast cancer ribbons that was part of like her style. So Sherry does that so, so well. And I want to kind of connect with her early life because I think it's integral to her story, but she was born Sherry Bronham. I think that's how you pronounce the name in Minko, Oklahoma and was one of five and her parents, um, James and Roberta owned a local grocery store or a general store in the area. And they sold everything from like, I want to go to the store. They sold everything from like fabric, clothing, shampoo, candy school supplies like you name it you could get it at the store apparently and at i at the age of eight she was i love how this is written given the opportunity to work part-time at the family store so (laughs) age eight what an opportunity wow really amazing but anyway so she was working alongside her older sisters and the family business they sold like colorful fabrics sparked her interest and she enjoyed selecting the merchandise for the stores and was drawn to the creative aspect of designing it all together. Yeah. And I heard her first ever design was of an apron. It was like apron elementary school project. And in an interview with Upscale Living Magazine, she said like about the project, she was like, I was so disgusted because I just wanted to make something like glamorous. I thought, who wears an apron? Well, she was eventually, like after the apron, maybe she proved herself, but she was eventually allowed to dress, quote unquote, the four mannequins in the store's windows by just draping yards of fabric around them. So kind of like getting her feel into something more glamorous, perhaps. And after she graduated from high school, she went to study fashion design at the University of Oklahoma. And during that time, her family opened stores in Norman, Oklahoma and Oklahoma City. And they focused specifically on women's clothing and evening wear. And that really prompted her to start designing her own line of evening gowns. Wow. And this is what she had to say about what fashion meant to her. She said, fashion is when the utilitarian aspect of clothing changes to expression. And essentially, in that statement, what she's saying is that fashion takes your inner joy and personality and projects it through a garment. Wow, Stephen, I'm so impressed that you explained that. 
Thank I feel you. like it's almost like you've been in the pageant industry for 10 years or something. Oh, wait. Oh, uh, you have. You've been I spending have. time with me. Yes. I can tell. Every week we talk and dive into the depths of pageantry and fashion and all the gloriousness. Yeah. But it's true. And like she she graduated from University of Oklahoma. She worked for various manufacturers in the evening wear business. And for 12 years, 12 years, she worked longer than you've been with pageant working on pageant. Yeah, planet. absolutely. So for 12 years, she worked as the chief designer for Giovanni Fashions, a name that probably all of our listeners know as well. And she helped launch that brand. And during the time, during that time, she started gaining recognition in the pageant world. So like various Miss America, Miss USA, Miss Universe contestants won in the gowns that she was designing. Wow. And some early winners to wear her designs include like Jennifer Berry, Miss America 2006. And she wore a white gown with a V-neck and a semi-sheer bodice encrusted in crystals. And Miss America 2007, Lauren Nelson, who also won in a Sherry Hill, like back-to-back winners there. And this gown was black liquid beading against a nude background. Yep. And I remember, Stephen, because this was like the peak of my nerddom in pageantry, <laughs> um, like, or my creeping. But like, I remember that at the time it was like dual branded, it'd be Sherry Hill for Giovanni. And I think Sherry would have been a smash hit no matter what. But I do think having such close ties in Oklahoma during that stretch where they were so successful, like having back to back Miss America's wearing her designs did help propel her visibility and success maybe a little more quickly than she would have if she would have just split from Giovanni and started from scratch. But both of these gowns, Jennifer's and Lauren's, were part of the Giovanni by Sherry Hill collection. And in 2008, Sherry left Giovanni to begin her own evening gown line, finally, along with her family, under the name Sherry Hill Incorporated. And according to the company's website, the Sherry Hill brand is Sherry Hill's exclusive dress collections epitomize the fashionable lifestyle of today's trend-setting women. Each dress is designed to enhance and fit the female form with fashion-forward style and wearability. And the mission of the brand is very similar. Sherry's devotion to design is evident in her selection of beautiful fabrics and trimmings combined with an innovative combination of cuts to accentuate the best features of each and every woman. Yeah, I feel like Sherry, she's known for meticulous detail, like attention and detail with each design with a selection of beautiful fabrics, trimmings combined with innovative combinations of cuts that accentuate the best features of every woman. And um, what is that fabric it's called and it's kind of really wet and uh is it liquid beading yes yes we were just talking about that was lauren's dress yeah and it's like probably one of the most luxe details of pageant gowns that looks incredible on stage and it's a hallmark of sherry's like a lot of her gowns feature liquid beading and it can't be done cheaply so you know that you're getting the highest level quality if if you're going with sherry you really are yeah and so six years ago hill was asked what her fashion goals were with her line and she responded, "Um, I want to create with my family a fashion company known for high quality products that are enjoyed and treasured. Of course, we would love to grow the company to a worldwide enterprise and have taken the first steps toward this goal. And like, wow, fast forward, that was six years ago. And look at what they've accomplished in just six years. It's just incredible to me how much they've grown yeah i mean it, her marketing is and her imagery which we'll get into a little later yep. it's just like second to none it is and she's really like turned her fashion shows into a social media dream i feel like twice a year pageant industry blows up people trying to get in people getting in like it's insane 
Yeah, and like in 2011, Sherry Hill, she debuted at New York Fashion Week in the Trump Tower. And since then, she's shown collections at every fall and spring New York Fashion Week. And the event just gets more and more star-studded every year. Steven, do you remember, this was actually Kendall Jenner's first runway show. And it like gave her her big like modeling break. She walked for the first time, like she and Kylie together and Haley Baldwin in mm-hmm. Sherry Hill's gown. Like huge names. And um, you might not remember this either, but um, Sherry also like was on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. They showed her like working with Kendall Jenner to try to like get her up to speed that she could walk in Fashion Week. Like that's how like much Sherry has infiltrated pop culture. Yeah, and then she followed up with that with a totally different demographic, the Duck Dynasty family, and the then sixteen year old Sadie Robertson, who is a role model for many young like women and families mm-hmm. based in her faith and modest like lifestyle choices. She was also with Dancing with on Dancing with the Stars. Oh that's right. Um so she was invited to have her own collection within the mm. Sherry Hill brand, which is huge. And yeah. um a fun story story about Sadie as kind of a side tangent is, um, I don't even know if you know this, but uh, a girl that I am like really dear friends with, and I went to school with her, her and her husband, um, she manages like Sadie. So like when we get on to Nashville, they shared the same office space and all that. And Renata is like, uh, Renata's the name of my wife, for those of you who don't know, but she is like obsessed with Sadie and thinks that she's just the cutest thing ever. So we're sitting there in a um, uh, breakfast, breakfast place, having breakfast with my friend. And um, I was like, oh, Renata, look, puppies. And Renata's like in love with puppies. And she was just like, she wouldn't look at the puppy. I'm like, look, the, the puppy. She was like, shh, not now. <laughs> and I oh guess Sadie Robertson had walked in like from behind me. And then she came up because naturally she knows Kendra, my friend, um, who manages her. And it was just like, hi. <laughs> and Renata was like being so good, trying not to freak out. But like she was just totally sweetheart in person and just like completely just down to earth, which is like oh, what makes her that. so appealing so yeah i think she has a crazy popular podcast i don't know if she still does but yeah. there was a time where i was interviewing a lot of clients and they were talking about how much they loved sadie specifically in her book and her podcast so i don't know if she still has it but she's very well loved and it's great to hear that her brand is authentic yeah well it- Kendra helped organize. She's doing a podcast tour and doing live things. And I think her first few, because she was, uh, Kendra was here at my house and Katie like launched her podcast and then got like 500,000 downloads within the first, because she wow. was watching the stats in real time and I was here. She's like, we just hit 500,000. I was like, oh, that's amazing. It was just going awesome. But anyways, congratulations to um, Sadie and um, all that. But I wanted to share that fun story. Um, so... Now, like to jump back to uh, New York Fashion Week and all that um, Mm -hmm. and Sherry Hill. But now the event has become a cornerstone for some of the biggest names in pageants and just the beauty industry as a whole. Um, In many ways, it feels like a kind of a spinoff, if you will, or variation of Victoria's Secret's fashion show, Uh, like sparkly robe, glamorous hair, makeup, behind the scenes camera action um, and deviating from the basic runway walk and Instagram like gold mine. Yeah, for sure. That's so true. It's Victoria's Secret, but with clothes. Yeah, completely. And like, it's everything is done so classy. And it really like when a pageant girl makes it to a Sherry Hill model, uh, as a Sherry Hill model, it's like she has made it to Victoria's Secret. I mean, it, right. the, the two are synonymous. Well, I've, I've heard a lot of clients say like, okay, why do you want like I we we have a heart to heart about why they really want to win? Because it's not always like for the crown or to be a role model. And that's okay. Like not everyone has the same goals. Say, well, I want to 
get exposure so I can build a modeling career. Great. And I say, okay, who do, who do you want to model for? And they're like, Sherry Hill. And which cracks me up sometimes because usually like you ask somebody in the, in outside of the pageant world and they say Versace or Chanel or any of those like larger fashion houses. But I mean, think about that. That's your pinnacle. Like girls are dying to model for Sherry Hill. Yeah. She so. has her, she has her pick of the litter for sure. And she treats them really well too. She, yes. she treats oh my gosh. Really well. They're royalty for sure. Yeah. Completely. But so when, when Sherry was asked like what goes into preparing for a fashion show or a shoot, she said that we choose the garments to be shown, find accessories, choose the location, models to suit the mood of the garments. And our photographers, Fadil Barisha is our photographer, Fadil Barisha, is very involved in the process. And I actually didn't know she worked so closely with Fadil. Did you know that, Stephen? So I did. Um, I went to, so Fadil got a new studio um, in New York. And um, he was like, hey, you want to come up and see it? Because at the time I was living in Philly. So I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So I just jumped on a train or I was there and I shot him a text. And he was like, oh, I'm in the studio. Come down. I said, I got a new studio. So anyways, I went there and spent like the afternoon with him. And um, what I discovered was that Fadil, when Sherry left Giovanni, he and her worked out a deal where he would only do her photography. Oh, my gosh. Like, so Fadil, many people know him in the pageant industry, but they didn't know just like, I mean, he shot like Halle Berry and like, and then they used his photos for, to promote her when she was like Catwoman. Um, He shot Snoop Dogg, like presidents and the Kardashians. And he's the one that actually connected um, Sherry with, um, is it Kendall Jenner? The one that started modeling. So. He was like, out of all the Kardashians, Kendall, she's the one that can make it in the modeling. So he was shooting, I think, Kim. And so he was telling me the story. Um, he was shooting Kim or one of the other Kardashians. And he was like, oh, like Kendall, she has it. So I'm going to connect her with Sherry and you should model for Sherry. And then so that's how those two got connected. And then, of course, with the Kardashians, like her brand that's what really put Sherry Hill's brand on the map when she linked up with that celebrity superpower. Yeah. Um, and then from there, she just kept leveraging it. But I know that and by working with some of the other um, prom and pageant manufacturers, they all look with envy at like Sherry's photography mm-hmm. and like her imagery. And yeah. she had the foresight to really say like, okay, I got to have the best pictures. And here's a celebrity photographer and so, um, like the deal that they worked out, I won't go into specifics, but it was like, it was just a kind of a locked in exclusive deal. So nobody else can use, um, him, at least that's how it was at the time. But yeah, it was a really, really cool s- story and his studio is beautiful and like, he's just a cool guy. So I like him a lot. Look at you knowing things. That is Look such at, a cool story. Yeah. Yeah. So, so and now that you say that, like if I think, cause I look at pageant gowns all day, every day. I mean, I love that. Um, but you're absolutely right. Like, and from from me in the in the apparel industry, like we take something called brand standards. That's what we use for our website when we're trying to sell a garment. And when I think about a lot of other designers, they also are shooting brand standards: an image from the front, an image from the back. Very simple. And you look at Sherry's, and they're totally curated. Yeah. I never 
thought of it like that. Yeah, and he's but now like, I know. Yeah, and he's like the mastermind behind that. Like she like made famous those editorial shoots, and you see all these other prom fashion designers started to kind of follow her lead, which is following the lead of Fadil. And she had the wow. foresight to to hire him and lock him in. So again, like great businesswoman, and just a lot of like respect for the empire that she's created. Dang. So yeah. But okay, so speaking to her process of choosing models for her show, um, mm-hmm. Hill said, and this is where I know every listener is going <laughs> to perk up like, okay, what are you looking for, Sherry? And she says, I choose models who are able to show joy. Like never choose models who look hungry or miserable. Like clothes, she says, my clothes are for special occasions where women are usually celebrating. And I, I love that. Um, and because of the savvy strategy, Sherry Hill enjoys a big social media following and has mm-hmm. been one of the most socially engaging fashion houses during New York Fashion Week. So what does that mean? Um, so this was according to Listen First, which is a social analytics firm that kind of measures the engagements, the posts, all the comments, et cetera, for all the brands that, pre- that present at Fashion Week. And Sherry, Sherry Hill finished in second place in September behind Ralph Lauren with 1.7 million. Yes. And then a year ago, she also took second place with nearly 4 million social engagements. And she came in second behind Victoria Beckham and like Victoria Beckham, like let's, lest we not forget is a spice girl who was married to like a perceived sexiest man in the world. So for a small town girl in Oklahoma, that's kind of made the story from nothing is huge. Yeah. So, and I I feel like girls and contestants or they're just like or even just curious fans are like okay how do i start to get into modeling for someone like sherry and i feel like this is the coaching moment i definitely do so for those listening and they're dying to get into the modeling industry and especially for sherry hill or any designer really because once you get started it's a lot easier to keep going the start is always the hardest um, for those who want to model for Sherry or any other designer, your best bet is to meet them in person. So you can talk to your local Sherry Hill retailer about the ability to be referred to shop in the showroom. So she has a showroom in Austin and New York. Um, and they're usually okay with this because if you go to the showroom and you buy something, they still get that purchase credit. Um, so that's all taken care of. Or you can go do your research on the designer's upcoming trunk shows and kind of see what cities they'll be in. And many times those designers will actually attend. You can collaborate with them. You can meet them. Um, And I would contact the shop prior to attending and make an appointment. That way you can guarantee you'll get some FaceTime. Yeah. And can we talk about a little bit about Atlanta market and how we get that? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So I I guess I'll expand on that. So we get asked by designers a lot um, for models for Atlanta market. And for those of you that maybe live outside the United States, and even a lot of those who live inside the United States, Atlanta market, picture a shopping mall. And this is where Sherry Hill goes to sell her dresses, um, Giovanni, MacDougall, basically all the designers that you know, pageant girls all around the world purchase. They're all under one roof inside of Atlanta, Georgia. And it's mm-hmm. around August, actually it's August 5th this year is when it starts. And so you go in and out of all the showrooms. And this is where a lot of models, they get their start. Mm-hmm. And so designers, because they always have model gaps that they need filled. And so they reach out to us and say, do you know of anybody willing to model? So I really encourage you, because what we do is we look at our own database. And these designers are starting to look at our own 
database too. So they look at our contestant galleries and all that. So make sure that you fill out your height um, and like hair color, eye color, and upload a lot of beautiful pictures of yourself so that they can see that. And then they can contact you and message you right through the website. And height is important for, for this reason. So it's, um, gosh, I think it's five, eight is the height. It's been a few years. So five, eight, um, and then maybe a size, size six, um, and that's just the sample size of the dresses. So it's not that they're trying to ostracize anyone, but like when these designers get their samples or dress samples come in from the manufacturers like over in China or the various countries, um, they all basically come to fit a girl who's five feet, like eight inches tall. Um, and then who's like a size six. And again, don't quote me on those numbers. It's been a few years um, since I've actually had to work with models and hire them. So um, those dresses come in, the designers just want to put it on models, right? Without having to tailor everything. So it's just more an efficiency thing and not mm -hmm. necessarily anything else. So, right. um, but yeah, so that's why it's important to put your height on there. Every designer, um, you know, has their own stick, but that again, just a blanket statement. Sure. Cool. And like, I'll, I'll say too, um, Steven, you can build in this as well. Like you can get scouted by like luck, like at a pageant, like someone sees you or through social media, like you're competing with a huge sampling of people. Right. Mm -hmm. And like your personality, like might be the thing that helps repel you to sign a deal, but it doesn't hurt to have an agency in place either. So there's a lot of different steps and ways to get into modeling either as a showroom model. Like that's a great first step too. Yeah, gain the trust of them and then maybe get promoted to running. Yeah. And we actually have articles on this too, like how to get into modeling. Um, like if you just look in our article features, like what to look out for, for scams, like if people are like, Oh, you need to have a portfolio, pay me $500 and I'll shoot all your photos for it. It doesn't work like that. Like you don't need to buy that portfolio thing up front. The reason why they're charging you that portfolio is because that's how they make their money is off photos. Mm -hmm. They don't make yep. money off booking you cause they don't book you. They're not that good at booking you. The real modeling agencies that can book you make their money on the back end after they have booked you. So, mm -hmm. you know, just kind of keep that in mind. But there's like, we've got four articles on there and they're really in depth and they cover a lot of those things. Good. And I think this works in life too. Like sponsorship, professional connections, whatever, whenever you can get FaceTime or make connections with a decision maker, do it. Meet somebody who can positively impact your life. Like don't be afraid to impact to introduce yourself and start building a relationship because as soon as you can get in the door, that's the biggest first step. Yeah. And I feel like this is like a direct explanation of why people say pageants are one and lost in interview too. I mean, no one ever says pageants mm -hmm. are, are one in evening gown. I mean, your looks can get you noticed, but it's your interpersonal connection that can help you like nail a job with a you know premier designer like a Sherry Hill. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, in 2010, the prize package for Miss USA included an evening gown wardrobe sponsored by Sherry Hill, and mm -hmm. she has sponsored that pageant ever since. And this year, every contestant at Miss Teen USA and Miss USA 2019 visited the Sherry Hill headquarters to pick out the evening gown they would wear in the national competition. They pulled like features from various designs and were able to customize their dream gown. And in addition to evening gowns, the opening number outfits for all three pageants, Miss USA, Miss Teen USA, and Miss Universe, are also sponsored by Sherry Hill. And it's perfect because that's how she can promote her, like, 
off the rack collections. Like a lot of contestants will wear couture or custom, which like the average person isn't going to buy for prom. Um, but at least with the opening number, she can show like some homecoming designs, some takedown versions, um, and really push those collections. And she sponsors a lot of other very strong systems around the world with opening number garments too. Yeah. And before I jump to the next section, this is also proof that, you know, pageantry is relevant and like can help push brands. Uh, you know, you have this, you have Sherry Hill who got her start in pageantry and well actually prom like, and then like was made famous in pageantry and now is working with massive celebrities, which we'll get into later. And yet she still corners the market in pageantry. I'm dealing with Miss USA, Miss America, et cetera. She really focuses on that. And if pageantry wasn't a big influencer, she wouldn't, she could move on from there if she wanted to, but there's obviously she's getting results there and she's going to continue doing it. Right. And I think you and I were talking fairly recently, Stephen, about prom designer, prom uh, retailers. They have to commit to a certain number of garments for each designer in their store. And I think Sherry just increased her minimum for a store to be an official Sherry Hill retailer. And she's probably the only person in the industry that can get away with that because the the demand is there for her, her product. Yeah, because people, you know, manufacturers or like, like Sherry Hill, they want to get more and more um, retail space within a store. So they'll increase the minimums that you have to buy from these are arbitrary numbers, but from like 50 units to 100 units because your store space is only so big, right? So if you have 100 Sherry Hill gallons in there, it kind of pushes out the other designers. So that's a really smart marketing strategy from her. And also, uh, it's not just based on her too. The, the um, individuals that manufacture her dresses in China, they too are increasing their minimums that they're requiring designers um, in the United States and other parts of the country mm -hmm. and other parts of the world that they have to buy. So, um, and this is kind of a coaching moment here too, just so you understand the industry. Jesse pointed on it a few moments ago, but if you're a contestant, you're not able to go straight to Sherry Hill and just say, I want a dress or I want a custom design. It doesn't work like that. What mm -hmm. you have to do is you have to go through an authorized Sherry Hill retailer, which you can find by going to SherryHill.com and then just typing in your address, whatever. And you can find all of her authorized retailers there. You then contact the store nearest you and say, I want a custom Sherry Hill, um, et cetera. And then that store will work with Sherry to get your custom because manufacturers like Sherry Hill, et cetera, they don't sell straight to consumers. Um, you'll have one-off designers that don't sell their product inside of retail stores. They will sell it to you directly, but big manufacturers like Sherry that have thousands of stores throughout the world, um, they don't sell directly to you as a person. Mm -hmm. So and remember, this is not a sponsored podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. This is how the industry works. And I found it fascinating because right. I didn't know until I worked into the until I worked with the industry. Yeah. Um, Okay, so let's talk about Miss America. Yeah, let's talk about Miss America. So in 2015, uh, Sherry, she was announced as the official evening gown sponsor for the 2016 Miss America pageant. Mm -hmm. Then the then executive chairman and CEO of the Miss America organization, Sam Haskell, he was quoted as saying that Sherry Hill dresses are synonymous with class and style. 
wonder what he said privately in email when she was i'm kidding oh, no. oh. <laughs> snap all right on august 9th <laughs> on august 9 2018 the new miss america 2.0 announced a three-year partnership deal with sherry hill to embrace the first class of miss america 2.0 and welcome those young women who would be a part of miss america up through the organization's uh 100th anniversary so I have a pretty long story about how Sherry works individually with the pageant she sponsors. And there was a deal that Sherry was going to sponsor Cara Mund for the show with your shoes parade in Atlantic city for her farewell. I mean, she sponsored for everything, but that was included in the deal. Um, and it was written in the original press release when they signed on. Um, but I mean, we all know like Cara had like a crazy last few months as Miss America and she had other plans. Like she, she said, I wanted to be Wonder Woman in the parade. Like she wanted to be dressed as Wonder Woman. And in the summer, MAO approved like the idea of letting her work with a costumer to design something like really special. And after she spoke out, um, of course, she was informed <laughs> that Sherry Hill, a popular pageant dress designer who we all know, agreed to sponsor Miss America, was demanding she wear one of her creations instead of this Wonder Woman costume. And again, this was after Cara wrote the article. So, yeah, so there's that. So anyway, yeah. so like she's like, Kara called Sherry directly and was like, hey, like, I want to do this. And Sherry was like, I don't remember making that demand. And actually, Sherry loved the idea of Kara wearing Wonder Woman. Um, so she was like, Kara was like, I'm going to get this in writing from Sherry that she's cool with it. So she said, so Sherry wrote back. She read, go rock it. Like, that's all she said. Go do it. So minutes before the parade was going to start with the floats like are lined up and like Cara's dress, she's on the float. Like the tour manager like pulled her aside like you have to change. There's a contract with Sherry and she wants you in a dress. And Cara was like, oh, don't worry. I have verbal and written confirmation from Sherry saying I can wear this. And later they were like, I'm, I was just doing my job. And Kara was like, so am I. So like, snap. <laughs> Go, girl. Oh, yeah. And then she just like famously, she was like, so am I. And then she just kind of picked up her superhero shield and like boarded on the float, you know? Yeah. Um, but so like number one, really go Kara, right? Because if you hear that someone like a Sherry Hill, a world-renowned designer, is like demanding and then you just have the audacity to pick up the phone and call her, that takes guts, you know, For sure. Be, especially because like if you're set on wanting to do this and you know that there might be a potential friction like that, that does. It takes a lot of courage. So, I mean, that shows you the kind of uh, tenacity that Kara has. Mm -hmm. And number two, like good for like Sherry Hill and being flexible and recognizing the goal of the woman that she works with. Cause Sherry could have said, no, like I am the sponsor of this. Right. There's going to be a lot of photos that comes out of this and I want to get my money's worth. Right. Like she could have mm -hmm. absolutely do that, but like she, you know, did what she felt like was right at the time. And I thought that that was a really classy move on her part and definitely in line with her mission. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So like, and uh, this is, I feel like transitions into a yet another coaching moment where like designers, they work for you. Like if there was no consumer and if there was, there would be like no designers. So don't be mm -hmm. shy about asking for what you want. Yes. I feel like we have to say this louder for the people in the back <laughs> because I think I said it before. Like I think contestants get so overwhelmed with what the experts think and want and easily cave because they believe they know best. And like newsflash, everyone has a motive 
And like as much as they do want you to succeed, there's still probably another reason they're pushing you in the direction they're pushing you in. And that's just the reality. Yeah, completely. And I heard the story. Sherry didn't tell me the story firsthand, um, but I heard it from another manufacturer who was speaking with Sherry. And I thought it was so brilliant. Most of the manufacturers, as, as we said earlier, they market to retailers, right? Because mm-hmm. retailers buy their product and then the retailers sell it to consumer, which is contestants or prom girls. Um, Sherry says, no, I don't market to the retailers. I market to the contestants, like to the girls actually buying the dress. She's like, mm-hmm. that's my customer. Retailers pay me money, but my c- true customer is the the girls buying the dress, which I thought is such a, it seems like such a small thing, small tweak. But when you look at her brand and what she did for Cara is that it really, she really does cater um, mm-hmm. to that. And I saw her in action before like a few years prior to starting Pageant Planet, she was like designing a dress for the girl I was dating, right? And I was just there. I didn't know who Sherry Hill was or anything like that. So we're in this like um, pro- or pageant store in like Mobile, Alabama, or nah, maybe not even Mobile, like, you know, it was in Alabama. And anyway, so I saw the firsthand attention that she was giving and like answering questions and like her ability to just sketch on the spot and like, oh, okay, you want that? Okay, what else do you want? So, I mean, the girl was definitely leading. The girl I was with was definitely leading the conversation. And she was like, oh, I'm here to serve. And I think that that's like as it should be, right? Yes. And like we've said it a million times, when you're going in to meet with someone, whether it's Sherry Hill or whether it's someone that's just getting started or whether you're just going in to get an off-the-rack dress, have a brief of your brand words with your tribe have a mouthy friend who will step up if, if they don't feel like you're being served, like you just said, if there's a motive, like it's really about like these, you're paying these people for something that you have to wear and love. So make sure that you are your own best advocate. Yeah. And today her business has a network of over a thousand stores selling the brand in over 52 countries and Sherry Hill headquarters can be found in a sleek space in downtown Austin, Texas. Um, the Hills, you know, collectively the family group, also maintain a dress design studio and showroom in Atlanta, Georgia. And this is where like the Atlanta market takes place and um, inside of New York City. And her designs like reach far beyond the pageant stage now. And she also has lines for prom, homecoming, special occasions, as well as some jewelry options. And when asked to define the style of her line, she said, my line is a is all special occasions from prom to wedding to red carpet events. We do gowns for the special events in a woman's life. Our line is designed to celebrate the moment. So much like the model she was looking for, that's the style she's going with. Yeah. And many celebrities are fans of Sherry, like including like Selena Gomez, Carrie Underwood, Taylor Swift, too Swift, uh, Miranda Lambert, um, Zadea, Ariana Grande, Gabby Douglas, Fifth Harmony, Bella Thorne, Tamar Braxton. Oh my gosh. You know, Ryan Newman and, you know, the list goes on. And that's not even we haven't even touched on all the, you know, pageant girls as Warner stuff. But, right. uh, you know, so they have worn Hills designs for various red carpet, charity and social events. And like she really is. And I know this, like she's just humble and strong leader. So I was yes. um, this was actually at the market in Chicago. Um, I jumped in the elevator and then like the doors were closing and she walked in. So it was just like her and I, and I was like, I know you. And then she was like, I feel like I know you too. And I was like, Sherry. She's like, Steven. And I was like, yeah. And so anyways, so uh, I was just like, well, 
I just really want to say like, congratulations on your success. Like we met, gosh, 12 years ago, whatever. And I don't expect you to remember, but like, I just have seen you climb and I think it's so amazing. And then she in turn, like was very complimentary of like pageant planet and like what we've created and all that. But I'm like most, I don't want to say most, but you know, certain people that have that level of success, when you compliment them, they're just like, okay, thank you. Waiting for the next compliment, you know, <laughs> but, you know, they don't necessarily turn it back and give it to you and, and have kind of that baseline knowledge of even like who you are, or what you do. So she really does have a lot of compassion for the industry and she's clearly um, still very much involved, even though that, you know, uh, these world renowned people are uh, wearing all of her stuff. So it was, I mean, I just think the world of her. Yeah. And there's, she's a champion in other ways too. And I want to get into this topic, but before we dive in, um, she took on some counterfeiters and I want to discuss what the word counterfeit means because we see designers kind of take inspiration from other designers and collections all the time. Like I won't go into details on that, but we've all seen borrowed designs. <laughs> um, but fashion in general is not able to be copyrighted for the most part because it's challenging to prove like where the concept really originated from. So seeing designs repeat like is, is not counterfeit. So that's not what we're talking about. Oh, I actually have a fun, a, a little fun thing that I learned about this. Oh, about tell me. So do you know why, um, you know, let's just say like Michael Kors, so I, why they have those purses with MK, 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 like yes, all over yes. it. Yep. So the, the, because of that, they're able to like trademark that or whatever. If the, the logo is repeated all over. Mm-hmm. they're able to trademark that. But if it doesn't have the logo like smeared all over like wallpaper, then they're not able to. Well, what about Louis Vuitton? Louis Vuitton did that first. Right. And so that's one of the strategies behind doing it is because like the, like the logo or the pattern or whatever is wrapped around. People still create knockoffs of it, but it en- enables them to go after them if they can find them. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Anyway, fun fact. Okay. So uh, what we're talking about with counterfeit is when a company uses like images or a brand name to sell an off-brand product. And I'm sure you've seen those horrible side-by-side images of like what people thought they were getting. I always put them on my Facebook, like prom disaster dresses. So (laughs) like if you're searching for a discounted version of a thousand dollar item and you pay a hundred, like, come on, like, let's be, let's be smart people. But if you purchase from a site using all your designer photos, the site title includes the designer's name while like, I can see how that hoodwinking hoodwinking happens because you're like, we're not always on guard. And if the name is like SherryHillDresses.com, right? Maybe you might buy into that. Right. Absolutely. And as a notable designer, like she has certainly dealt with her fair share of counterfeiters over the years. And she went through a stretch of lawsuits. um, And I'll detail a few. In 2010, it was announced that Sherry Hill Inc. had filed a lawsuit against Let's Let's Fashion Inc., which is a Los Angeles based manufacturer and wholesaler for knocking off distinctive elements of nine of Sherry Hill's well-known dresses. And Let's Fashion was accused of distributing the infringing dresses to boutiques and retailers for sale to customers. Mm. And that case was later settled. And in 2012, she made public her success in another lawsuit against online counterfeiters. She was awarded $5 million. Wow in a judgment and permanent injunction against two defendants in the online counterfeiting, cyber squatting and copyright infringement case. And this is what I was just talking about. Like the complaint said that they were using um, 
website domain names like SherryHillProndresses.com, BuySherryHillProndresses.com, DesignerPromDresses.com. Yeah. So they were doing what we just talked about, where they were being totally misleading across the board and very likely using her marketing photos to try to sell garments people thought they were getting the real thing. Oh, absolutely. And what I've discovered with some of these like China-based companies is they did do that. They get away with it for a few years. They make a bunch of money, and then they use that money to open up a legitimate fashion company. Right. And then they start like, mm-hmm. like competing against others, which is kind of, it's just shady way of doing business. But, um, after winning the legal battle in 2012, the company has hired staff devoted to reporting violations of copyright laws via the internet. So in March, 2013, Cherry Hill Inc was fe- featured on the today show and discussed their work with fighting knockoff designer goods and their experience with individuals that have received counterfeit Sherry Hill dresses from fraudulent Mm. online retailers. Um, Her son, Dusty Hill, appeared once again on the Today Show to discuss the topic, and Sherry's been featured on Inside Edition and discussed continuing challenges faced with, like, these knockoff designer goods. And it happens with, like, everything, not just dresses, but, I mean, we're just talking about dresses. It happens in so many goods. I mean, it's, it's such a massive industry, that knockoff industry. Oh, yeah. And I mean, they say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, but Sherry Hill is becoming one of the most iconic and popular designers in modern time for the every woman, not just the woman that's going to be able to spend thousands of dollars on a dress. She's not about to compromise her brand. And like, I get that and I respect it. And from couture to cocktail, Sherry Hill's only goal is to make the wearer look and feel like a queen. And her designs like are forever sealed in some of the most the most iconic moments in pageant history. Yeah. And she's taken like a really small family business in Oklahoma and built an empire that pageant contestants can rely on for beautiful quality gowns and for all their parents and pageant needs. And again, it's not sponsored. It's just like, we just think a lot of her. Um, and <laughs> she once said that, you know, for- I've, never heard any- Wait, I've never heard anyone say a bad thing about her. Yeah. Literally not one. Yeah. And well, I have, but it's been her competition and that's because they'd be jelly. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, she once said that for anyone aspiring to be a fashion designer, like this was her advice to you. So if you want to go into fashion, um, you know, here's her pearls of wisdom. She said, experience, experience, experience. Seize every opportunity you can to be around any part of the industry. Retail experience is very helpful. And um, if you can assist customers in selection and fitting, you get a good sense of what works and what doesn't work on the actual body. No school can teach you this. And what's interesting, like fun fact, is that Sherry Hill, she still to this day visits her stores. And she goes in and she does this very same thing. She looks how like girls um, fit in her dresses and in other designers. And she sees what's on there. And like on the, the racks of these showrooms. And that's a very common practice. So mm-hmm. yeah, she lives her message. So I would just say in summary, again, this was not a sponsored podcast. But <laughs> I would say work with the natural experiences and opportunities you're blessed with. Like Sherry, I mean, Sherry grew up in a retail household, uh, a retail business with her household. And then she was able to use those experiences to really catapult her into eventually finding her calling and it equipped her with success. So see what those natural things are in your life that can help be on your path. Sherry has done so well because of a foundation that was laid when she was eight years old uh, in the family business. And you may not want to do the same thing 
at 18 or 28 that you wanted at eight. But if you internalize your life experience to help guide you to paths you were already qualified just to help get you started, there's probably something that you've done or experienced that you can use as a springboard at whatever industry you're looking to get into. Love that. And thanks for listening. And if you've received any benefit from this show or for ones previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, like leave a comment and let us know and you know, give us a thumbs up. And it may seem like a small action, but this kind of feedback really helps us tailor more to your needs of like what you're looking for. And it does. It helps us keep the show going. So until next time. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.